0: Did you know that procrastination isn't because of laziness? It's something deeper in your subconscious. Head over to DoQuiz.com, that's D-O-Q-U-I-Z.com, and take this quick three-minute quiz to find out which of the six procrastination types you are so you can unlock the keys to your success. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Addicted to Success podcast. I'm your host, Joel Brown, and I'm here today with a very special man, Andrew F. Carter. Go check him out on Instagram. Thanks for coming through, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, He's an incredible pastor. He wrote a book recently, and it actually is about to come out. It's called The Privilege of Prayer, and this is all about finding healing, transformation and answers via prayer with God, which is really cool. And, you know, this audience is predominantly uh, entrepreneurial, hustlers, grind all day, <laughs> run until your feet fall off and your face melts. And so I do believe that we do need to find harmony in our life and you have been created for a reason. We talk a lot about God and purpose on this podcast too. So I'm excited today to go into this conversation and not very many people know how to powerfully speak into, so no pressure. But <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about prayer, man. Let's talk about uh, even just, you're an entrepreneur yourself cause you've built a massive online brand You've started a church, Royal City Church, uh, which we attend here, it's in uh, Carson. Uh, Inglewood. Uh, Inglewood, sorry, Inglewood, uh, here in, in LA, in California. And uh, I, I love the way that you speak. You have that charisma, but you're also so grounded. And I want people to really know, like, when you're on the spotlight, it's easy to let it get to your head. It's easy to, to, to have that ego and think you're a superstar. And the thing that I really respect about you, man, is that you, you have such a big heart. You're so present with people and you're a builder. And you're not just a builder for yourself and your own brand, you've already known how to do that and you've done it well, but you're also building for God and having a bigger impact in this world. So thank you, man. I appreciate appreciate that, that was nice, that was good. That was good, I appreciate that. (laughs) You're gonna warm (laughs) me up before we start man. Uh, Yeah, man, so, okay. You went pretty big time online with a lot of your uh, reels, content, your videos and so on. Maybe we could start off with that, because I know a lot of the entrepreneurs that are watching and listening to this, or even people that are aspiring to just create something uh, in this world. How did you go about this? Were you really just focused on consistency? Where did you get your creativity from? Like what did, what was going through your head when you were creating this content and it was getting out there and reaching a lot of people worldwide and your follower count were like (laughs) going up? Flew through the roof. Yeah.
1: Uh, You know, I'm actually, I am an entrepreneur from before being in ministry and being online. So I actually had a gym. And so I built a gym, a CrossFit gym for over six years and had one of the biggest CrossFit gyms in the Northwest. So uh, what helped me transition is using really the same uh, disciplines that helped me find results in the gym and that's consistency. And so what really built the online platform was just showing up every day, posting regardless of if it got one like or a hundred, um, and just really trusting the process.
0: Oh man, there you go. So you were more focused on the vision itself rather than like, how many followers do I have? How how cool is this real and so on? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know who,
1: who stood out to me at the time was Gary Vee. Yeah. And w- yeah. at the time uh, he was just screaming like, if you're not on TikTok, get on TikTok. Like <laughs> it, it was 2019 and that was just like what he was yelling. And so I got on there. And all of the greats just said you need to post three times a day. And he always says it's it's quantity over quality. And so I just got on and grinded and made you know three three reels, three posts, three TikToks every single day.
0: He said it's quantity over quality.
1: Yeah, that's what he was that's preaching he in twenty nineteen. Wow.
0: Yeah. You, yeah, because I and that's interesting because it, the old message used to be quality over quantity, right? Mm-hmm. But I feel like now the biggest currency in the online world for us not necessarily people that own the platforms but for for us like everyday people using it and entrepreneurs using it is attention attention is the most you know valuable currency online right now but i see a lot of people doing some pretty crazy things for attention. right? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. compromising.
0: <laughs> Even pastors. Like yeah. when I see some of the content that the pastors are pushing online, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like you're yeah. riding the edge or you're going across the line yeah. to try and get views. And it's almost like they're they're becoming absorbed into what the world wants rather than what God wants. So how do you differentiate this within yourself?
1: And I just try to stay true to who I am. And the the thing that really helps is just being honest and transparent. So because it's quantity over quality, I just spend time being myself. And when you're yourself, you're going to attract the right audience. You don't have to convince people or trick them or run some kind of a crazy sweepstakes or give away a Maserati in order to get followers. (laughs) Like if you just are you and use your God-given abilities, talents, and experience, people are gonna be naturally drawn to
0: you. So your book, let's talk a little bit about this because uh, you can get your hands on this. When, when is it coming out? Uh, okay.
1: November 14th.
0: Okay. So very soon. Very soon. Yeah. Okay. So prayer, like everybody hears this, like pray to God, uh, you know, when people are going through tough times, someone will say, oh, I'll pray for you. Yeah. Uh, and then I see people that mock this, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, Oh, yeah, what are you gonna do? You're gonna pray? How is that gonna help someone? Yeah. Right? They're the non-believers. Mm-hmm. And then you have believers that uh, say basically just pray through everything. So. Yeah for someone that's listening that might be new to the idea of prayer, maybe they've heard it a lot, but they're just like, mm, I don't know if this thing works. Maybe you could break down your experience with it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, maybe the type of conversations that you have with people that come to you and, and ask you about prayer or that you pray for.
1: Yeah, yeah, so before I was ever a believer, cause I, I didn't grow up in church. Um, I largely grew up in the world. I didn't really give my life over to Jesus and ministry until Uh, my 30s. And so beforehand, reading uh, Think and Grow Rich, reading books like The Slight Edge and The Secret, The Law of Attraction, in all of these books, there's a key theme, and that is that there is a higher power. So whatever that higher power looks like uh, to that audience, it was always encouraging people to communicate, whether it be the universe or a rock or whatever that (laughs) looks like. And so for me, in my personal experience, what I've found is that prayer is communication between me and the creator of the universe because of what Jesus did. And so prayer has completely uh, transformed my life in the sense that it has given me direction, it's given me purpose, it has uh, made sense of a lot of the questions and things that I've wrestled with.
0: Yeah, man, you know what's interesting, whenever I read the scriptures, I find so often that Jesus pulls away from the crowds and he goes and spends time in prayer, right? Or he's up in the morning, at I would imagine, we don't know when, but it says like sunrise, before sunrise, maybe four o'clock in the morning or so, just chilling with his heavenly father, right? Or connecting and creating this rhythm, this synchronicity with heaven, Mm -hmm. and and just getting into that. It's funny, because like someone that follows like the secret would say, he's getting into frequency or whatever it is, you know, the vibration of uh, the divine or whatever. Uh, But for us, it's really having that relationship with our heavenly father, so that we are directed so our, our steps are guided uh not in our ways but in his right. and you know i think a lot of entrepreneurs get so involved in the day-to-day mm-hmm. that they don't make time to just sit down oscillate to be able to recharge and then spend that time with god uh, and so they end up making other things their god right yeah. they worship their business they worship money like i've coached seven figure entrepreneurs you know and some of these guys are like big online big followers all this stuff it looks like their life is just you know next level yeah. uh, but they cry themselves to sleep at night sometimes yeah. you know their wife just does not have intimacy or or any love for them their children uh they don't have a connection with their family you know and they're spiritually bankrupt mm-hmm so how do we stay connected spiritually because you know we can get on our knees we can pray dear heavenly father you know help me with my business sorry that i've sinned or whatever it may be but do you think that people are sort of in their head they're not actually really truly giving their heart to prayer yeah in that
1: yeah i I smiled because as i was driving over here i was listening to a message and i was talking, it was my own message, and it was about spending time with God, disconnecting and getting alone. So when you said that, I was like, the synchronicity is amazing. But as an entrepreneur, they spend so much time pouring out, right? They're they're on the go, constantly moving and, and whatnot. And I look at prayer as an opportunity to fill yourself up. So you can't pour out of an empty cup. So yeah. taking time, whether it be in the morning or it's a part of your, your early routine, Uh, taking that time to fill your cup gives you more power, direction, energy, and I think gives you a better advantage in being able to pour out. It's like, I'm gonna pray in the morning in order to get my steps uh, laid out in front of me.
0: Right, so it gives you clarity, it gets you to focus on the things that are meaningful, Yeah, it gets you to reconnect with your purpose, your why, Mm -hmm. if you know what that is, some people are still searching, that's okay. Do you believe that we have a purpose that's given to us by God? Like one singular purpose? Or do you feel like we have multiple purposes?
1: Yeah, I think that there's one foundational purpose that we all have according to the Christian faith is that we were saved and uh, are to, to basically make God's name more known and glorified in the earth. So I think that that is the one singular purpose that we all have as followers of Jesus. But inside of that, I think that there's multiple purposes. There's, we have an audience. We have people who uh, are in our sphere of influence that we're called to impact and to speak life into.
0: What do you say to somebody that's listening to this right now? And they're like, yeah, I'm not religious, man. Yeah. Like, I hear what you're saying. You're saying it's to worship God, to give him the glory, but I'm struggling. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in scarcity, I'm in lack. Yeah. How am I gonna get ahead? I need to pay bills. God's not with me. He's not supporting me. What would you say to someone like that?
1: From my personal experience and not growing up, like I said, in the church or having a relationship with God, I realized that everything that I've gone through and some of the things I've gone through are foster care, divorce, bankruptcy, prison, like uh, nothing has been handed to me. It's I've lived a life filled with adversity. But what I see on the other side is that everything that I've gone through has better equipped me to be able to relate to a larger audience. So being in prison we have a prison ministry now we're able to speak to people who've been to prison Uh, being in foster care i could cry about how hard that was and challenging uh, of an obstacle i had to face but now i use that experience to speak into the lives of kids who were in foster care uh, divorce now we have a ministry for marriage and i'm better able to relate to people because of the hurt and the scarcity and those experiences that i could label challenging or hard but um yeah, I, I just feel like everything we go through, we have the opportunity to look at it as uh, an experience to add to our tool belt to better help other people succeed.
0: It's interesting because it sounds like with prayer, it's our time to come back to who God originally designed us to be. Oh yeah. It's like a reminder. Mm-hmm. And it's a line that's connected to God and we can call that anytime, I believe. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> and. You know, we look at the landscape of what's happening on social media right now and and even just in society, there's so much division, Mm -hmm. right? And there's a lot of uh, information on overload. And so I do believe that there are structures in the world. There's a systems in the world that are designed uh, because of greed, because of power. But it also is designed in a way where it robs us of our time with God. Uh, and I think that you know, and someone might be listening to this, like oh, what's he talking about? What's this? Like who did that, right? I believe there's a top-down effect, right? I don't think that Satan's on everybody's sink back and and he's he's just dedicated his life to <laughs> right <laughs> to your life and right. to destroy it. Uh, but I do believe there's top-down influence. There's strings that are pulled and so on. And so we live in a society where there's a lot of confusion and scarcity and lack and mm. brokenness. And so, in the prayer, uh, time that you have do you feel like there's something that's changing within you when you are consistent with your prayer do you feel like it actually helps to shift your focus from a psychological standpoint or do you believe that it actually changes your heart like you you actually have different desires uh, because you are held to uh, a standard in your life what would it be for you
1: yeah, it, it actually changes me. So prayer changes the way that I view the world. Change, uh, uh, Prayer changes the way that I receive information from the world. So rather than looking through the lens of my personal limitations, I start to look at things through the lens of the Lord. So now I have a better perspective, a better worldview when I'm faced with issues or when I see the headlines that are filled with chaos and calamity. It gives me a, a better uh, understanding of the heartbeat of what's taking place. So... I'm better connected to the creator of all things, so now I'm able to look at things in a manner that tends to make more sense. I feel like I'm less moved, I'm less like uh, shook when yeah. I hear bad news or there's another thing that's in the headlines, rather than being tossed about like a roller coaster. I'm more grounded and sturdy.
0: Talk a bit about fear, because when my wife and I went to your church, you were speaking on do not worry, Mm -hmm. do not fear. And you said there was like a root word for it that means something. I can't remember what it was.
1: Oh man, I'm not sure on on what I was. Something about like holding the life. Oh, strangling. Yeah, so like the the root word of worry actually means to strangle. And so fear is used in this world to strangle our attention, to strangle our time. Uh, Fear is mongered, I mean, you're talking about pulling strings, fear, uh, it holds people captive. It keeps people from moving forward. Fear keeps people stuck in the rut that they're in.
0: And that's so powerful. It is good to know where some words have come from and the deeper yeah. meaning, because I think that as time progresses, we become more intelligent in certain things, but we also become more disconnected from a lot of deep and meaningful things too. Yeah. Uh, and I think that maybe social media and, and even just society in general, just through like the mainstream news and politics, it starts to become superficial. So we're like fighting, bickering over things at a surface level, and we just get caught up in the noise. It's so noisy, right? Mm-hmm. So I do love that idea of unplugging. I know that I grew up uh, in a household that seven day Adventist, right? So we'd have yeah. Sabbath. Yeah. Right. The yeah. Jews have Shabbat. Like uh, you know, we we observe the Sabbath. And I used to hate it. I was just like, man, I don't want the <laughs> Sabbath. I want to play my Game Boy. I used to go and hide in the in the restroom playing Game Boy where everyone was over on a Friday night or a wow. Saturday. Wow. And I'd be playing Pokemon on a Game yeah. Boy. Right? Oh, <laughs> you yeah. remember that. And and uh, you know, I used to get told off. It's like you need to come out here and socialize and be a part of the community and so on. Uh, and I hated it, but now I actually really enjoy it. I look forward to that time of rest. Yeah. And you know, some people can look at it from a religious standpoint, but I look at it as a gift from God. Yeah, Because seven, the seventh day is the Saturday, right? Sundown Friday to sundown Saturday. Uh, even if I'm not going to church, uh, I am spending that time acknowledging my creator and I'm, I'm actually feeling like, wow, I'm in synchronicity with heaven right now as it celebrates the completion of God's creation. That perfect oh, number good. seven, right? Yeah um so yeah that's that's another gift from god that so many of us just reject because maybe because of religion maybe Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people think i don't want anything to do with this it's too restrictive but really it's for our good right for us to come back to god's original design so what would you say to somebody that's listening right now that whenever they hear the word god they're getting triggered (laughs) because <laughs> i'm sure there's people that listening right now and if even if they're not completely triggered maybe they might have been in the past but they still can't make sense of it i know that one of the things i really love about your church and if anybody ever comes out to la go to royal city church it, it's amazing and andrew's ministry is amazing and, and his wife's as well you know along, alongside him i love the culture at your church because it's not religious yeah. it's about relationship with god mm. uh but I would love for you to speak more into that for someone that's listening that is hustling all the time they're getting burnt out they feel disconnected they're getting caught up in the division they don't know what to do and they feel spiritually empty yeah how can they come back to god or maybe even recreate a new relationship with god
1: i would say ask i mean ask and you will receive if uh it says in second chronicles chapter seven that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, seek my face, pray, and turn from their wicked ways, he will hear you. And so it takes humility to admit that there is a higher power. So humbling yourself, saying, look, I don't have all the answers. I don't know, but I want to know more. God, show yourself, reveal yourself. Wreck me in a way that I've never experienced before. I believe that God will meet you in that place. God's not looking for perfection. Um, you say that our community is not religious and the reason being is that I didn't grow up in religion. Um, I have been turned away from the church. I was one of the people who was irritated and, and (laughs) upset about the name of God. I just didn't. (laughs) Yeah. Like I just, and, and what I've come to find out is that it wasn't God that was irritating me. It was the people who represented God, who did a very poor job of doing so it wasn't a true representation of who god was when i sought god on my own and had a chance to come face to face with him i realized that people aren't running from him they're running from the the folks who are overly religious and so we try our best to not be the very thing that pushes people away from the place that they need to be
0: yeah i love this i i do see that what's happening right now especially with social media, people are being validated and approved mm-hmm. for the sort of selfie culture and jumping on and speaking about the, themselves and looking all sexy and cool and whatever else. So it feeds, I, I don't know if you want to call it ego, I guess that's like a Western psychological like construct that we're yeah. creative, whatever the ego is. Um, but it is a, encouraging narcissistic tendencies right. and uh, self, self, self. Which is interesting, because I feel like we're moving into where Egypt used to be. If you look at like pharaohs, they were like practicing humanism, Mm -hmm. right? And they were like gods themselves. And I feel like in culture, especially in the new age, because I see it a lot. I came from the new age, I was a part of that too. I know you said that you were into some of the things, uh, which is actually new thought. New thought is in between new age, and then um, stepping in with like, you know, just like a parallel with with Christ. But when i was in the new age there's a lot of women that call themselves goddesses Mm -hmm. and my wife called this out so she left the new age and one of her big statements was i am not a goddess she's like i used to say it and she said if a man was walking around saying i am a god you would say he is a narcissist (laughs) but for some reason we're glorified in culture you know as a society now it's it's becoming more popular um so, to me, what, it's, what it shows me is that there's this like worship of the self mm-hmm. rather than worship of God. Why do we worship God? What, what's the importance of worshiping God? Like, what do we owe him? And, like, why would we worship God?
1: Man, because he, he saved us from uh, a life of eternal separation from him. Um, he created us, he made us. And uh, I don't think that we have the ability to be worshiped. Uh, you think and look at the people who are held on these high pedestals and platforms, and uh, many of them are taking their own lives. Many of them, like you said, are crying themselves to sleep at night. Many of them are, are wrestling with uh, thoughts of self-harm just because they were never created to carry that burden or to carry that weight, to be worshipped as a deity, as something that's infallible, uh, perfect, and has no uh no blemish or stain is is something that we can't live up to and so we worship god because we recognize that uh we we are fallen beings we are fallen creatures and uh, we are in need of a savior we we need jesus
0: maybe give us a few evidences in the world that you're seeing especially for someone that's entrepreneurial minded how would they know that there's a need for god maybe mention a few things it could be like traumas or struggles of some sort that god has you know, sent Christ as God in the flesh to be able to recover us from this, to heal us from this.
1: Yeah, uh, I would use the word sin. Our, our sin separates us from God, and so evidences of that are just the the natural disasters we're seeing, the famine, the disease, the war. These are all things that have been talked about uh, from from the early days in the Bible. Uh, we see the depravity of man. We see uh, men going after their own things. We see. Um, the sex trafficking that's taking place, the exaltation mm. of sexual immorality. Uh, we've all gone our own ways. And uh, at this point, if you stand against something or disagree with something these days, you are now labeled as somebody who hates yeah. it rather a than or you're a bigot like yeah, or yeah. you're filled with hate rather than just having a difference of opinion. And so that's evidence that we are headed in the direction that we were never created to go.
0: Right. Yeah, and even Jesus says in last days, right. men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of themselves, boasters, and you know all of that. Yeah, yeah, we are seeing it. It's crazy. I'm thirty seven years old, right? Yeah. Born in nineteen eighty seven. And when were you born? Eighty four. Okay, so yeah. yeah, you're you're like forty.
1: Uh, thirty nine. Yeah.
0: Hey, looking good for you, yeah, bro. I appreciate good, it. man. I yeah, yeah, appreciate healthy. it. I love it. <laughs> bless man lots of prayer guys. That's right. pray more. <laughs> <laughs> guys get that prayer up you put that in your prayer like uh, keep me healthy <laughs> Lord, keep, keep me healthy keep me young keep these knees good absolutely <laughs> that's a good prayer i love that. yeah um but you know we've seen a lot of changes throughout even our lifetime man it's crazy i remember when i was rocking a nokia 3210 playing snake on that thing <laughs> and 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 like the time that i spent with my friends would be riding around on my chrome bike with the right. stunt pegs on it my, yeah. my buddy Brad would be on the back, and and we'd cruise around and see wherever the bunch of bikes are. On the front of the house is where everyone's hanging out. You know, we go play football in a field. And now it seems like everybody's so glued on this, you know, phone, this yeah. this uh, computer. And I get it. In one sense, it's great because we have technology and everything, mm-hmm. and it's on a massive trajectory. And there's so many cool things we can do. At the same time, we're almost becoming slaves to this system. So I know we're gonna go deeper into this, man. I. I didn't expect that it would go here but i feel like it's starting to come through okay. <laughs> okay. yeah right and maybe it's the holy spirit who knows uh there are a lot of questions in this world more than there are answers mm-hmm. and one of the big things that we keep seeing and i want to really let's contrast this let's let's lay it out and have a look at it for what it is you do have one side of people in the world of christendom Mm -hmm. that are saying we're in the days of revelation look at this so like every calamity every bit of chaos is like this is in the book of revelation or it's the prophecy of daniel and this is going to be the end days last days armageddon and then you have others where it's like wait it's not we're not there yet yeah what are your thoughts because there are probably people here listening in fear Mm -hmm. maybe they don't even consider god just yet they're starting to understand that there's a need for for this, because there's, as we're talking, they're noticing, yeah, actually Andrew's right. There are things that are changing in a short amount of time. Yeah. Where do you think we are on the scale? Oh man, I'm glad that you asked, uh, because- <laughs> it's Good man, because some people don't like talking about it. No, like, no, no. I don't wanna talk about it. I need to be, you know, theologically correct with my eschatology understanding, no, but no, yeah, let's go there.
1: No, I'm definitely, none of that. So, okay, uh, the Bible says that nobody knows. So, like, that's the first thing that we have to establish is nobody knows. You talked about we've grown and lived through some things. You remember Y2K? Like, the world <laughs> yeah, was supposed I mean, to end. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think 2010 or 2012, there was some Mayan calendar that predicted the world was gonna end. And it, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like every couple of years, there's a new prophet who's saying, hey, you know, the world's going to end on December 15th, uh, tra- transfer all your money into my offshore bank account, because this is what's going to happen, you know?
0: <laughs> and it's crazy too, because the prophecies always come out every week, which every lines week. up with every time they need to put a new YouTube video yeah, out. <laughs> it's,
1: it's it's ridiculous. God so
0: told me. God,
1: God told, told me. me. And it's like, well, actually, God didn't even tell Jesus, it says that <laughs> nobody knows except for the Father. And so, again, we talked about fear, I believe that that's one way to monger fear and to elicit worry and create chaos. So first off, we don't know. The second thing is that um, I do believe that we're in the end times, but one of the prereqs that precedes the second coming of Jesus is that the great commission will be fulfilled. Yeah, Every man, woman and child will hear the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now right now it's estimated that there are over 3 billion people who have not heard the gospel of jesus in the world that's almost half of the entire population has never heard the name of jesus or the gospel presented to them right and many people believe that's because of uh, religious upbringing backgrounds there's also limitations there are people who live in remote areas that have not been reached with the gospel so i believe that because of the technology that we have, I believe that's expediating that process because now we're able to get the gospel out to the four corners of the world through social media, through different apps and programs. So right. I believe that we're inching closer, but it could be 100 years, it could be 200, it could be 100 days, like we really don't know.
0: Yeah, <clears throat> I feel like with the advancement of technology, I mean, all you got to do is look at AI look at what's happening with AI. It was only maybe a year ago and you look at something like mid journey. If you've ever used that, it generates images, right? Okay. And you'd have people's faces looked a bit distorted and kind of weird and like their hands would look like trumpets. They're all like kind of weird, you know, it just wasn't quite formed. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, And sort of similar similar like graphics and colors. And now you can't even tell the difference. You're looking at it and it looks like a, actual like great DSLR shot picture of a person, but it's not a person that exists. Uh, So like that shows us the evolution of technology and how quickly, and think about when we were playing like Nintendo and then Super Nintendo graphics took maybe another five or six years. The Nintendo 64 graphics took like three years and then it just like compounded and compounded and compounded to the point where, I just watched a movie last night called Gran Turismo Okay, you I, know know the, I know. I remember the game growing yeah, yeah, up. Yeah. I seen. I haven't seen the movie. Okay, so do you not understand that what what the movie's about?
1: With the video game and the
0: the simulator, and then yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I yeah. Do
0: know. So the guy that created the simulator of it, he, he's a Japanese guy. He wanted it to be as realistic as it could to what it would be like being in the car, and they've done so well that it it's so finely tuned that like you feel like you actually are. It's just that you're not, you know, yeah. in danger, right? Uh, and then this kid ends up. I mean, you you can see it on the previews. He ends up getting in and he's racing on the track. And I see that and I just think to myself, like, wow, there's so many things that we can tap into with technology that's creating realistic experiences. Uh, And at the same time, it's sort of aligning with, if you have a look at something that's not scriptural, but still quite interesting, because it's sort of paralleling with uh, revelations in the book of Daniel and the other prophecies, right? eldest Huxley put out a book called a brave new world have you read it i have not no okay so eldest Huxley predicted a future where everyone would be so absorbed into their pleasures mm-hmm. uh and this was a long i can't remember when it was written maybe 40 50 years ago okay. and he's pretty pretty on point right uh he didn't know what vr was and all that but what we're seeing people are like literally wearing vr yeah. masks they have even dolls that pr- pr- like are like certain model women and men can have relationships with them yeah, and robots, yeah. it's crazy, right? right?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and then you have on the other side, um, you have 1984, uh, 84, George, 84, George Orwell, yep. right? And he predicts a future where it's like annihilation and tyrannical order and all that. So if we look at both of those books and put them there, it's like, well, you're basically saying revelation, right. here, what Jesus talked about. Uh, so yeah, it is interesting that we are so filled with our pleasures and distracted, but at the same time, there is also an even higher chance of going into a system that is tyrannical, that has control. Because when the, uh, those that escaped, the, uh, u- escaped Europe to seek asylum found America and they uh, established here as a God-blessed country, America was the last place on earth that was a safe haven for persecution. Mm-hmm. And now we live in a globalist world without getting too conspiratorial about it. Yeah. Like you have a look at some of these presidents and prime ministers, they're not loyal to their country anymore. Mm-hmm. They're loyal to the money. Yeah, they're loyal to the money. Yeah. It's a globalist yeah. setup, right? And right. so they'll sell their country out and that never used to happen in that way. People would fight for their country. Yeah. So integrity has gone, right? People mm-hmm. will get in through democracy based off distrust or lying They'll say they'll do something, but then when they get in, they don't. They go exactly. against their word. So we live in like this sort of fallen, broken governmental system. And I think in a way, and tell me what you think about this. I think that God is allowing us as well to go through our broken, fallen systems that we try and set up so that when we do come under his kingdom, we realize like, oh my gosh, all the things we tried didn't work, but God's thing does. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right. What do you think about the beast system? Cause we hear about the beast system and people talk about mark of the beast, you know, the mark on the forehead and the hand and, and people saying there's chips coming out, they're putting yeah. it in your hand and all that. What what are your thoughts
1: around this? Oh, I think that what we experienced in the pandemic was like a, a dry run kind of to, to right. see how they could shepherd, how they could use fear, how they could control, how they could shut down. I believe that it's something that, I mean, we will see where we're gonna see it. It's it's biblical, it's, it's going to happen. Uh, like again, when, I'm not sure. There was a lot of people who stood up and spoke out. And so, um, I think that that might be the, they, they're probably back to the drawing board, you know, taking the wins from that trial run. Okay, yeah. this thing's worked and these people were, we were better to control or better able to control certain groups uh, or demographics. So, let's try it this way. So, uh, I believe the B system is coming. Um, I also saw something recently, just on a video that was shared with me about the number 666 and about uh, the, the the number on the forehead, um, it coinciding uh, or, or looking like somebody wearing a bandana that is represented, that has uh, a name or a number that means something in Hebrew. It's, I didn't go, like again, I don't know <laughs> yeah, much yeah, about yeah, it, yeah, so yeah, I can't yeah. speak a lot on it. Yeah. I'm not an expert in this this area, but uh, again, I, I don't think that we know, because the book of Revelation is left to, Uh, it's a translation of John seeing a vision of things that are to happen in the future. His point of reference is somewhat skewed. He's doing his best to describe what he's envisioning, and many of the things are literal, and then some of the things are hypothetical uh, or, or even like futuristic. So what we have is a picture of what is to come. He does his best job to communicate that, but there's so much that is left or lost in translation. There's a lot that's lost to the imagination. And so um, with all of those things said, that's why I think it's important that we preach the gospel, that we know Jesus, that our souls are secure, that we're spending time in prayer, in the word, knowing the word for ourselves so that we're not leaving um, our understanding open to others to come in and deceive us.
0: Right, and that's where the Holy Spirit comes in too, right? Yeah. If you believe in the, you know, this third form of God that we get to actually experience the Spirit within us, and that's where the discernment comes. Because I know when I've spent time with my Bible in the Word, mm-hmm. there's certain things that I understand that I'm like, how did I even understand that? Right? right? Like you're reading something. Next thing, a dot connects. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that thing there and that thing over here. I think there was a is uh, a book of Ezekiel. I think it was Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Um, where God commands the Hebrews to um, put a golden seal on their head okay, um, to be protected mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, and then when you see the mark on the forehead and the hand, you're reading it in Revelation. And it's not to say, right, it's not to say that in our time or whenever, 100 years from now, 200 years from now, who knows, uh, that... There isn't going to be some sort of like maybe there's a, you know, a, yeah. an identity or a label thing or whatever in your hand. Right. But I, I I would challenge and say, I think that Christ is not superficial. I think he's deeper than that. I think he looks at our, our heart posture. He looks at our character. And if there's anything that's going to pull us away from God, I do believe it's being in the works of like hand meaning be in alliance with shaking hands being in the works of the beast system Mm -hmm. and in the forehead to worship in your mind the -hmm. system of the beast in itself because that golden seal when you look at the the mark of the beast is being alliance with satan right the adversary the enemy of our soul but then when you look at the seal the seal of god is the holy spirit yeah so we have the seal and have the holy spirit in us Mm -hmm. then we are already are chosen we're already walking in that heavenly you know rhythm and uh yeah i think that this world is going to get possibly more confusing oh yeah. it's going to get more chaotic <laughs> yeah. and i think that when you throw the truth to the ground and stomp on it mm-hmm. there's repercussions to this yeah 100 percent.
1: one of the things that jesus says too is that uh just like birthing pains the closer you get to the end the more frequent and intense the pain becomes and oh, the so contractions. the contractions yeah. and so that pain that we see is you know there's always been natural disasters war pestilence disease and famine but what we're seeing is that it is happening at a more intense and frequent rate so it's like right every other day there's a new tsunami or a new flood or a new earthquake or a volcano and then um, it just it's starting to happen more and more and more and more so those are signs of the end
0: of the times right what do you say to somebody that says oh yeah well why doesn't God stop these natural disasters maybe God's causing it himself mm. this is a, an interesting perspective because right. some people do actually view God as that yeah. punishing rewarding yeah. blessing yeah. yeah
1: yeah I think of him as a a, a bad dad like yeah yeah I, is, I is yeah. this
0: God like why why are natural disasters happening right. what do you think
1: Uh, i i think that it's a part of life uh i think that it's a part of the the fall what what occurred it was never the way that god intended Um, he had the garden of eden and adam and eve and the original design there was no sin or natural disaster or famine or sickness or any of those things and it's what happened when we chose when adam chose when adam and eve decided to eat the apple the the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil and it is the uh, consequence of sin entering this world. And so, um, God's allowing these things to take place because it not only separates, um, but it also demonstrates his love for us because not only is he with us through this all, but he also provides us a way out in the midst of all of the chaos that
0: we're experiencing. Yeah. Yeah. We've, come out of the design right this it keeps going back to that conversation around design like who god designed us to be the purpose that he's originally given us and the world is straying and so if we continue to be a part of the world we stray with it too yeah that's what it sounds like that theme and and like again this book the privilege of prayer coming back into prayer this creates a new connection so here some of the bullet points are connect with god in ways you never thought possible uh, give me an example of that. Like, what would that be connecting with God in ways that you never thought possible? Have you, do you have any sort of testimonials or experiences yourself or you feel like because of prayer, this is deepened a connection to yeah. God for someone or for yourself?
1: Uh, in, in ways that I never thought possible or imaginable is just the ability to be open and honest. Like, I don't have to protect my words or be careful with what I say or how I say it to God. Like he's a big boy, he can handle it. He can <laughs> handle my raw emotions. I can tell him, hey, this sucks. Hey, this is terrifying. Hey, I'm struggling right now. I don't have to whitewash or prepare a sermon or recite a prayer. Like he desires real, raw, honest, vulnerable transparency. Right. Um, one, one example I give biblically is uh, the example of David. King David is, One, it was the second king of Israel. We know him as this great man of God. He was known as a man after God's own heart. And when you read the Psalms, there's 150 Psalms, uh, many of them written by David. And what you read is this real, raw, transparent conversation and relationship that he has with God. And we have that same relationship available to us. And so that empowers me to know that it's okay for me to say that I'm not okay and God can handle it.
0: So yeah i love this man i love this so you mentioned experiencing emotional healing Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so i'm a coach i've been coaching for 14 years now Uh, i work a lot with people around their trauma their childhood wounds Mm -hmm. i believe there's so much in the past that's holding us back it's like holding onto a boulder and trying to move forward it's very hard right So we get to learn how to let it go everyone's trying to add on top they're like how do i learn the next strategy or the next thing it's like what if it's not about adding but actually letting something go so sometimes i come across christians where they've been in the church for most of their life um they have a prayer life and they're like i've been praying and praying and praying but they're still very much uh in a a world of chaos within their inner self right Mm -hmm. do you believe that we need to also on top supplement uh like working with therapists having a coach, uh, doing some like exercises and using some tools to work through our trauma as well? Or do you think that we could just give it all to God and that's gonna be healed mm. over time?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not a big believer in just pray things away. Um, there okay. are very that's real good. issues and problems that we have that sometimes take professional help. Um, I've been in counseling and been to therapy and have worked with coaches uh, because I found a lot of my issues stemmed from the traumatic experiences that I had as a kid. I had these defense mechanisms that served me as a child that no longer served me as an adult. You can get away with throwing a tantrum and hitting people and being a jerk, you know, to defend yourself as a kid because you're in a rough situation. That doesn't work in the business world. You can't just start hitting people when people don't agree with you. And so I found myself in a lot of trouble, so I had to do the emotional healing and work Uh, in addition to prayer, in addition to biblical study and relationship with God. And that's where I found true healing.
0: Wow. Who were you in high school? I was down. Describe who you were. I was a
1: mixture, man. I was, uh, I I liked to party. So I liked to drink and smoke weed and do cocaine and party. But I was a a high-level athlete. I was a high-performing athlete as well. So I was popular um, and I was somewhat of a jerk. I was a bully. I was kind of a, uh, yeah.
0: So you're like a rock star, basically, I mean, (laughs) athlete and like
1: party hard hard and, you know, Superstar, I was a superstar in my own mind. I was a legend in my own mind. I'm sure people who went to high school with me would say different. They'd probably say I was a douche.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Do you you ever have anybody from high school that sees you now? Like, oh, my gosh, Andrew, you've changed like three, you know, 180. Yeah. yeah,
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, A lot of them actually support it and love it. I, I feel like I, I would say this. I've always had a glimmer of greatness. I've always been an influencer. But I didn't always influence people for the good. So my mom, uh, my mom was a drug addict, and she would buy me alcohol and she would give me drugs. Like that was my dealer. Was my mom. My mom was the plug. And so people would come to my house on Friday and Saturday night to party. So it was like I was I was the guy. Like you said, a rock star. It's like come over. You guys can have all the sex and all the drugs and all the drink. And there's no parental supervision. Like live it up. And so uh, people do see me now, uh, and they're like, yeah, you were. Um, welcoming, I did know how to throw a great party and a great gathering and, you know, influence, but now I'm influencing people for the right reasons.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like a lot changed once you had your first child or did it take a little bit longer after that? To yes. And reconfigure. No. I, I think that,
1: that some things, uh, the change was there, but I didn't really implement it. I was 19. And so I saw the, the, the change that needed to be necessary but I didn't really quite grasp it or put it into play until years down the road.
0: And what was your catalyst to come to Christ?
1: So I was 17 when I first gave my life to Jesus, um, but I didn't like start serving him. So uh, I, I wanted to, I was attempting to date this girl and her brother was a Christian. And he said, hey, if you wanna date my sister, you gotta be a Christian.
0: <laughs> and what and a so catalyst. I hopped
1: in the car and was like, what do I gotta do? Like, tell me. And The crazy thing is is you know i i was smoking weed before i had weed at home i was selling weed at the time and so um he broke down the gospel to me and it made sense like it actually rocked me and i was like okay this i've never heard this 17 years old never heard the gospel so i received it but the thing is i went back home and rolled up a blunt and went back to the same environment that i was in so I didn't get into a church, no discipleship, no mentorship, no coaching. Uh, And so things were pretty much the same on the outside, but there was a change on the inside.
0: Do you think restoration takes time? Or do you think sometimes people just instantly are restored?
1: I've I've, I've seen instances of both. I think that there are instances of some things that were restored. Um, In my life, there's instances of things that were redeemed, restored, changed in an instant, but then there was also moments where it took time for me to implement some of those changes or to understand them uh, or even
0: to execute them. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. If there are any, uh, people here that are listening right now, that are like, Hey, I like this conversation. This makes sense to me. I want to explore this more. Obviously they can pick up your book. So go grab Andrew's book uh follow him online andrew f carter yeah on instagram and you'll find him on youtube as well um but let's say they're like hey where do i start what do they do do they pick up a bible and if they do what book do they start with in the bible
1: yeah i think the first thing that that you would do is enter into prayer uh you you have the ability because of what jesus did to step into prayer so maybe just quiet down uh put your phone away Find a, a quiet place and just say, "Hey, God, I'm here. <laughs> you know, what, where do you want me to? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Uh, make yourself known. Just start talking to God, and I believe that God will lead and guide those steps. Um, God is really looking for availability over ability. You know, you come as you right. are. Uh, if you were to open your Bible and to start reading, um, I would always encourage people to start in the Gospels. Uh, that would be Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. I think." Uh, the one that is probably most well known would be John. John three sixteen yeah. is yeah. A, a quote that a lot of people
0: know. Yeah. And that that book very much highlights the character of God, doesn't it? It does. He does a really good job at that. I, yeah. John the Beloved, right? And yeah. Jesus <laughs> called him that because you know he was there. He was the one that was very so open minded and open hearted to to mm-hmm. learn from Christ, and he spent the most time out of all the disciples by his side, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that would be good. If you want to understand the true character of God, definitely do that. I do think that religion warps our sense of the character of God, which is so unfortunate. Yeah. And then I think to myself, man, what a blessing that the creator of us, the heavens and the universe, this world, is not a dictator or an authoritarian, that he's a loving ruler who wants his creation to thrive and has created a, a way out of this dark fallen matrix, right? we got the matrix colors in the background. <laughs> Andrew's teaching you how to escape the matrix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and this is the way, you know, I think even, it's funny, cause you hear people like Andrew Tate talk about like, you gotta conquer the matrix and fight it and blah, 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 all this stuff, which is interesting cause you're just absorbing yourself back into the matrix by trying to fight the system itself. I do believe in creating parts of freedom mm-hmm. in your life What would you suggest to anybody that you're like, let's say they picked up the book. They're like, cool, I'm going deeper with God. Are there any other avenues, whether it's like business, finances, health, fitness, any of those areas, marriage, maybe like relationship? How do we create freedom in those areas of life as well? Do you have anything practical, tangible that we can consider that you've applied to your life where you felt like you've sort of unplugged from the system way of thinking around this to be able to create more freedom in those areas of your life?
1: Yeah, I, I liken my relationship, with, I feel like my relationship with God from it, uh, everything else grows and succeeds. So um, I liken my relationship with God to marriage. So communication, uh, if, if I only spoke with my wife on uh, a, a small basis, like let's just say you're praying five minutes a day and you're trying to build this relationship with God. If I only spent five minutes a day speaking with my wife, our communication wouldn't be very good. I wouldn't know her very well. Same with reading the Bible. If I only learned about my wife a couple of minutes a day here and there, uh, or maybe even once a week, our relationship with her wouldn't be very deep. It would be quite superficial. There would be some issues. And uh, in the same way, if we invest time, energy, and effort in our relationship with God, if we have an open pathway of communication and a deeper understanding, if we would devote some of those same time, energy, effort, and resources to knowing him, I believe
0: every other avenue of your life blossoms and grows from there. Mm. Sort of like, as the tide rises, so do the boats. Yeah, yeah. And I like this, this word, harmony, Because mm. right? a lot of people talk about balance. To me, balance is running around trying to spin plates. Okay. Whereas yeah. harmony is everything is touching everything. Yeah. And so if we could bring God, like you're saying, into the center of it, mm-hmm. it's almost like he's fueling all those areas of our life and reminding us of why it's important to operate in certain ways in those areas. You know, right. And it's funny because that's not religion. <laughs> it's got nothing no. to do with religion. No. It's like religion is, is hijacked, yeah. Um. the paths that God has laid out before us, and then we live in this confusion in the world thinking we know God when we don't. And you can't know God if you're not in a relationship with him. So I love this. Praying. The privilege of prayer. Guys, make sure you get your hands on this book. You can find it on where? Amazon?
1: Amazon, Target, Barnes & Noble, everywhere. Wow,
0: you're going all all out, man. We're we're everywhere, yeah. That's awesome, bro. Congrats on the publishing opportunity to get it in in all those stores too. That's amazing. And uh, is there any last things that you feel like you'd like to mention that uh, we didn't cover that? you feel like it is is pressing that people uh, should consider in this process of, of prayer.
1: Yeah, and it just adds on what we just talked about. Uh, there's a scripture that says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness, and all of these other things will be added to you. When I changed my life and made God the center, the focal point, like you said, my finances improved because now I'm a better steward of my finances because of the wisdom and knowledge of God my relationships improved because now I understand what it is to be forgiving and merciful and graceful. And I now, because I've received that from my relationship with God, am now willing to extend that into my relationships. My health is better. The Bible says that your body is a temple, and you're not your own, that you were bought with a price. And so in knowing that I steward my body and my health, and I prioritize my time, energy, effort, and resources in a way that honor God, and in doing so with him as the center and the focal point, like you said, there's that harmony, everything else blossoms and grows. The Bible says, what is it? Profit a man, if you gain the world, but lose your soul. Mm. And I think that in this entrepreneurial grind of blood, sweat, and tears, and, uh, you know, go hard or go home, uh, you know, and you're just working until your face melts off, uh, we we sometimes lose, you um, sense of who we are and and what our true purpose is but for me what i found is by putting him first everything else has
0: blossomed and grown from that area yeah so if you're gonna run into your face melts do it for god that's right That's right. <laughs> basically that's right, right. Yeah. how do we stay disciplined in what god's calling us to because discipline is a is something that i know i polled my audience right mm-hmm. the, the addicted to success audience and what we found was i had this conversation with them about like laziness and ultimately when people procrastinate, it's not laziness. Mm-hmm. There's something going on in their subconscious, right? There's stories they're telling themselves, fears that are showing up, mm-hmm. emotional pains that they're avoiding. But the, the number one solution that a lot of people believe is if I could just be more disciplined, mm-hmm. then I will be able to you know, reap the fruits and the benefits of you know, whatever, my labor. Um, when you read scriptures, like I feel like God is definitely holding us to a high standard but it's almost like we live in an inverted world. It's like what we think is success is actually inverted and, and, and certain, not all, but most isn't. And what God's calling us to is humbling instead of exalting ourselves. Yeah. The world keeps telling us, exalt yourself to conquer everybody else. He's saying, humble yourself, right? right? The meek shall inherit the earth, yeah. right? But for you, cause you're on a pretty big mission right now, mm-hmm. you've expanded your church and that's a risk, man. Like you and, uh kyra d- decided that you prayed on it you got the word from god and then you were like hey we're gonna do this this church thing you know because your online ministry was going amazing yeah. right you got lots of reach and it's easier yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from, No, i'm not saying it's easy but it's easier oh, it's from home <laughs> easier.
1: absolutely <laughs>
0: right yeah. and then when you're in person with people you can't just necessarily like go. Oh, i'll read that message later because you're right in front of you, you yeah. got to attend right yeah. uh but how do you stay disciplined to like do promo create content run your church, think about like the next thing, cast a vision. Uh, you spoke yeah. about vision a couple of weeks ago when okay. I was at church with you. How do you stay disciplined? What do you do? Do you have certain routines, rituals? Do you fuel your body and your mind with certain things apart from your relationship with God and prayer? What else do you yeah. do that if someone's listening out like I wanna be more disciplined for God and mission and for my vision, What what could they implement or integrate?
1: So one of my favorite quotes is from Abraham Lincoln. And he says, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four hours sharpening my ax. And so uh, what I do is I spend a ridiculous amount of time um, scheduled preparing myself and pouring into myself. So uh, before I even came here and and we're doing this today, we did this at 1230, uh, I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I do this every morning. Um, like Jesus at (laughs) at the, at a, at a godly hour, right? When everything is, is quiet and still. And I spend a little bit of time in my Bible, but I've also made sure that I read at least 10 pages of a book. That's not the Bible to also fill my cup. And right now I'm reading two books, one's called intentional churches and the purpose driven church. So a couple of different books that I'm reading and that rotates. As soon as I'm done with one, I grab another one. So I'm rotating two books, 10 pages each every day. Uh, I've been to the gym, um, did cardio, did some weightlifting, I've eaten, made sure that I'm uh, drinking enough water, but I schedule and time block and I spend time making sure that before I pour out into anybody else, that my cup is filled. Because Mm -hmm. if I'm not taking care of myself, then I have nothing else to give to others. I have no value to add because I'm in a place of complete depletion. So the thing and the discipline that's helped and worked for me is just, Taking time to sharpen myself so that when I do show up, I show I show up in full form.
0: You sound like you're a high achiever.
1: Oh, I, absolutely.
0: Perfectionist a little bit.
1: No, surprisingly, not a perfectionist. Did
0: you I, used to be a perfectionist?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you've
0: worked out how to manage those patterns when they show oh, up. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. It's good. Uh, about ninety percent done. <laughs> I'ma <gonna> send it.
0: <laughs> hey man, we, you know sometimes that that gives us some drive, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, It's funny some of the most highly achieved people that i know have the most trauma (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's always like their insecurity helps to push them along but who wants to live that life right Right. who wants to live exhausted burning out it's almost like a war path to the top rather than like more harmonized as you're growing (laughs) steady but also on the incline right
1: i've tried both
0: ways (laughs) (laughs) yeah well hey man the bible when you were mentioning that because i know that you're reading the other books on purpose-driven church and and the other church as Mm -hmm. well um book that's like the mechanics the strategy learning from people on how they've systematically done things and then the yeah. bible is the word right it's interesting when i look at personal development books i find that so many of them have actually built off the base of the scriptures oh, yeah like look at proverbs that book right. is like a book of gold it's wisdom like jim Rohn, tony robbins right. like all these guys have built so much of their personal development off it, maybe not even knowing that some of that stuff is originally from the scriptures. Yeah. So if you guys wanna to go to the rawest form, go to the scriptures yeah. and know it's it's a holy book. It's it's The spirit can come in, even invite the Holy Spirit. Hey God, send your Holy Spirit to interact with me, guide me, direct me into what I must learn in order to grow and glorify you. I do this all the time when I read the scriptures, man, and I come out there with knowledge and wisdom. I, I'd say mm-hmm. wisdom more than knowledge, because sure. knowledge is, just cognitively understanding but wisdom yeah. on a cellular level where i then go and apply it to my business or my finances and now i know what to prey on even more so it compounds the yeah. wisdom right and yeah. the impact yeah um that's good cool one more thing i want to ask because i know a lot of people like ask this but don't really get the answers that are helpful how do you know that it's the word of, of god that's coming through to you uh for example you prayed and prayed and prayed with your wife about, should we start a church? Uh, the online ministry thing was a lot easier, but now you've started the church and it's growing, congratulations, it's doing really well. You. And you're continuing to expand it. How did you know it was God? And if somebody's listening right now, when they pray, how do they know it's God? Or, and it's not just their own like ideas.
1: Yeah, uh, there's two things that I like to do, um, and that's it's extremely biblical, found in the book of Proverbs that you're talking about is uh, one is that it comes with confirmation. So the word of God will not contradict itself. So God's not gonna call you to do something that is disobedient or flies in the face of one of his commands. And so by going to the scripture, is this something that God wants us to do? And It's a a resounding yes, God does want to multiply and plant more churches. He does want the great commission fulfilled. So we go to the scripture to make sure that what we want and what we're desiring even lines up with scripture. Uh, And then the second thing that we do is we always seek advice. We ask people who are close to us, who have no agenda or have no skin in the game, right? Regardless of whether we do or we don't, they're gonna love us or whether we do or we don't, they're gonna support us. So we go to people who, we trust and will hold us accountable and aren't afraid to tell us that's probably not a good idea. So we have trusted advisors and people in our life who um, we can go to and we have multiple. So we'll go to five people and say, Hey, this was put on our heart. We've been praying about it. It's confirmed in scripture. Would you stand in prayer with us and in you know twenty four maybe forty eight hours, would you let us know what you're feeling or what you're thinking? what is God speaking to you and in every situation in every case that we've honored that process um it's come back uh you know without any error or any discrepancy. Yes, this is what
0: you should do man, this is amazing. I know that in my life, God's spoken through other people to me as well. Mm-hmm. I've prayed on it and then it's like showing up and even showing up when i have needed it the most. Yeah. And I never used to be like spiritual in the sense of trying to look for signs. Mm. And I think that that's what happens is sometimes like you have like intended prayer, intentional uh, ways for people to be able to be vessels around you as well. And then sometimes God shows up and like sort of blindsides you. It's like, boom, so you pay attention to it. Yeah. It's like, wow, okay, God, you're speaking to me now as well. And i think there's something in your spirit that knows it as well yeah have you ever had that where it's like something comes through you like an idea or, or a vision and it's like if someone will say how do you know what's god you're like i just know yeah i can't even yeah. explain it there's just so much certainty and conviction And no matter how much i try and rattle it to see if anything <laughs> falls off it it's still sturdy yeah, yeah. right yeah it's yeah. pretty cool
1: you know the other thing that i like to to say too is that many times it's it's not my original idea so like I didn't grow up wanting to plan a church. That was not a part, like you said, <laughs> my goal and vision, if it was up to me, is I would've continued being an influencer and building the online community right. because uh, big following on YouTube, it's, far, it's, it's just easier. It's monetized, Like it's, it's easy. And so I knew that this was a calling from God because it's not something, it, it, something that had a lot of fear. And there was a lot of worry and hesitancy because it wasn't this original idea from myself. So I was like, okay, this is God
0: interesting because i would have always thought within myself if it's coming from fear it's probably not god it's got to come from love mm-hmm. right because love is like the ultimate right <laughs> frequency for anybody that's yeah. into all that stuff Or the you know <laughs> it's it's the highest form of what god uh, calls us into experience but i see what you're saying that actually does make sense too because it's almost like god is in the business of growth mm-hmm. he wants to see us grow right you have three boys, you've got a, a girl on the way, congratulations, right. Thank man. You. And you know, for you, it, it, there's only so much you can teach mm-hmm. your children, but there's there's also things you can sort of set up, circumstances, uh, events, uh, to be catalysts for their growth, so that they're challenged, right? It, it's the law of resistance. Uh, go to the gym, right? You right. lift and lift and lift, and the muscle gets stronger and stronger because it goes against it to grow, right? So we do need that and it's like god sending these ideas that are character shapers right yeah uh do you look beyond the church itself so like setting up the physical you know environment the church itself do you look beyond that and think about the vision and when you go and do the hard thing which is important do the hard thing uh do you see it contributing really powerfully to the vision is that like another form of confirmation for you that you just see it sort of like expanding out into the vision and contributing a lot to that.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think, so So to clarify too, is it doesn't, it's not rooted in fear, but there's definitely fear involved because the opposite of fear is faith. And so stepping out, like there's that little bit of fear is like, I can't do that by my own power and by my own strength, how is that gonna happen? I don't know, I'm not qualified, I don't have the right resources. Only God can make that happen. So it requires that faith, but yes, vision, definitely drive. So once once we gave that surrendered yes, like, okay, we're gonna just, we're gonna go for it. We're gonna trust. We're gonna step out of the boat. We're gonna step out in faith and you're gonna make a way. I feel like a new vision was kind of opened. It was like, we got your yes. So let me pull back the curtain and kind of show you of where we're going and what we're doing. Yeah. And that far off vision and contribution and impact that it will have definitely carries us through. The challenging times where nobody shows up or we're down a drummer or some the venue wants to cancel on us or the, the the issues that come alongside that the vision and the faith are definitely what carries us through those difficult times yeah
0: yeah huh i saw a video recently with dr monroe and uh he, he says god's gonna give you the vision and it's like the snapshot yeah he did it for uh, joseph you remember mm-hmm. in he chose the, the dreamer, yeah, yeah. So he had the vision of him sitting on the throne. Remember, right. he told his brothers. He yeah. kind of bragged it, yeah. and they hated him for it. <laughs> they threw him in the pit. <laughs> yeah, they threw him in the pit, right? They threw him in the pit. But here's the thing: God will show you the vision, but not the plan, right? Because if He showed you the plan, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> no one in their right mind would do it, knowing the plan. Because if you think about all the things you had to do to set your church up and the hustle that's gone into it and all that, you probably feel even more fear, right? Yeah, and so. It's like Joseph. If he saw the pit and he saw a prison and yeah. the you know him being like accused and all this other stuff, yeah. man, he probably wouldn't have done it either. <laughs> he wouldn't have said anything. He wouldn't have told his brothers anything.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He would have good. just
0: tucked that technicolor coat away exactly. and exactly st- 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 his brag game would be zero. <laughs> That's funny, man. Yeah. So yeah, you've got that vision and you let that drive you. That's so cool. All right, man. Well, look, this has been an amazing uh yeah. time here. A great conversation, and I'm really. Excited to see the impact the book has and your church or ministry does and uh, Anybody that's listening that wants to know the Lord more as well uh, You can have all the successes in the world. It's something that i learned too, you know, I came from all the new agey stuff I've, I've had Successes on stages around the world and movies and all these other things, but honestly Nothing feels the heart like knowing that you have the gospel and having that salvation that goes beyond it's the eternal, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, definitely step into that wisdom Uh, Even just pick up the Bible, even if you're not like religious or whatever you want to say right now, or you don't think you're in a relationship, pick it up and like ask God to guide you through it and see what happens next, right? Uh, And plug in, plug in and and start to connect with more people like Andrew as well. Make sure you follow him online. Andrew, we end every interview with this one last question, right? And this question is, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like?
1: Yeah. Where do do you want me to look? Because I've already got it ready. You want me to look at this camera, this camera, look at you right here. All right. Jesus Christ changed my life. I experienced high levels of success. I've racked up achievements, accolades, awards, college degrees, I've made hundreds of 1000s of dollars, um, traveled the world in many instances, and nothing came close to satisfying or being purpose-driven, or making sense like a real relationship with God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And maybe you're not in a place where you want to recognize that or understand that or even believe that, but I want to encourage you, you can bring all of the scientific proof to take away from my personal belief, but you can't take away the experience. I want to tell you that Jesus is real, and I would encourage you to invite him into your life
0: and give them a try.